Free Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 74, interview with air show announcer Rob Ryder, coming up next in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Zyko, Sean Moody, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome to episode 74 of the Stuck Mike Avcast. I'm here <laughs> with my favorite aviation air show fanatics, and we have a really special guest talking about air shows. Welcome to the podcast. Rick Felty is from, uh, where Where are you tonight again, Rick? Um, I am near Boston, as usual. As usual, yes. Sorry I missed, sorry I missed the last episode, but uh, I had a router completely die on me, and the internet was, I suddenly was roughing it, reading books and things. Wow, gosh, that's tough. Did, I know. And you remember how to turn the pages and all. And, I did, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, well, I had a couple of people help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, welcome, Rick. I know yeah. uh, it's it's a little bit cooler up there. I was up there not too long ago, and it was absolutely uh, it's beautiful in the, in that area. I love Boston this time of year. Yeah, uh, it's starting to drift toward the summer now. Today was in the mid eighties, but it, that won't stay. Yes. But yeah, it's been beautiful, and the summer this uh, weekend was great. So, yay! <laughs> well, welcome, Rick, and uh, we are also joined by Eric Crump. Eric, uh, welcome to the show. Eric, where are you today? I am so thrilled to be here. I can't even tell you in words. No, seriously, I'm really excited about it. Um, yes. I am in uh, Winter Haven, um, chilling at my house. I recently was in Lakeland, Florida, um, but uh, now at home in my favorite place in the entire world at my desk in my really comfy chair. If I drift off to sleep, it's because I had a long day. So I'll try to stay awake for the whole episode. Oh, we'll keep you <laughs> awake there. <laughs> Well, welcome, Eric, and uh, also we're joined uh, by Victoria Zyko. Victoria, uh, welcome, and uh, I heard you were doing some flying down in South America. I was. I wish I was at the controls. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, recovering. Um, but I was actually taking airlines to Peru and enjoying a trip um, all over that lovely country within a fast, fast seven days. So wish I could go back soon. Well, I'm sure you were glued to the window there, watching everything go by. Uh, did you get to see any cool sights while you were flying in? Oh, yeah. Um, it was definitely very interesting to fly over the Andes, and our landing in Cusco, which is at 13,000 feet, was uh, awesome to watch out the window. So I was glad my friends gave me the window seat then. Wow. Cusco. Now, what type of airplane did you land in, in Cusco? You know, I have no idea, but it was a high wing with mm. uh, four engines. So. Oh, a... Um it, right. It wasn't a prop. It was no, no, jet, the so. um, oh, Dornier or one of those. Yeah, the Dojet. Yeah. Something mm -hmm. ugly but cool. Ugly but cool. You know, every yeah. ugly airplane has somebody that loves that airplane. So we won't, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so we won't hold that against anybody. That Dojet actually is pretty cool. I had some friends that have flown that. It's uh, they need those four engines to get in and out of there. I think. But uh, we weren't very far from each other. Unfortunately, we missed each other because of. Uh, I uh, had to go to the hotel and didn't realize how long the drive was back. We were in the same airport at the same time, and we missed I each know. other. That was so sad. 
But uh, it's exciting flying down there. Like you said, the Andes are beautiful. And uh, I only get to see them at night because I usually do the red eye coming back. And they're usually covered with clouds on the way down. It's usually dark, too, when I when I fly in. But uh, on a nice uh, moonlit night, it's absolutely beautiful to see the snow caps here. Tops are at like 20-something thousand feet. It's amazing. Oh, it's gorgeous. So <laughs> it, it definitely made for an interesting uh, sight while yeah. flying in. Well, well, welcome, Victoria, and uh, glad to have you here. We had the whole gang here. Uh, actually, uh, I'm a- here again in the Tampa, Florida area. Absolutely beautiful day uh, for those people that are ducks because it's it's been raining all day. I almost said it snowed. It's been raining all day, <laughs> and gosh, no, it's not snowing, but it's really odd for people that are from Florida. They get really depressed when, they, when it gets like this, and uh, this is our slow season because uh, all the snowbirds have gone away, which is, is wonderful for us, uh, but there's a lot of aviation happening here, a lot of people moving their airplanes back and forth to uh, going back up north, uh, so it's been, been a wonderful day. I get to see a lot of uh, different aircraft. I'm not far from McDill Air Force Base, and just a, just a, just a neat place to be is Florida as far as aviation is concerned. Well, tonight we have a, a, something a little bit different, but before we, uh, we begin and I introduce the, the next, our next co-host who's going to bring us into the show, uh, just a quick uh, announcement from uh, Aviation Universe. Again, that's our sponsors, uh, aviationuniverse.us. So if you could please visit their website if you like this podcast. Also, all of our sponsors are right on the side of the, uh, the um, um, podcast there and also the website. So, you know, please take a peek and uh, if you appreciate the podcast, go and click on some of those sponsors that, that helps us bring this uh programming to you. Well, today I have we have a special guest and Sean Moody is also with us. And Sean is going to going to bring us in and talk to this guest. We talked about air shows. I kind of hinted a little bit about what's who our special guest is. So Sean, where are you today? And if you could introduce our special guest. We won't be by the way having uh, any uh, picks of the week or announcements because of our special guest today. Now entering cruise flight. Thanks, Carl. Um, in just hot, humid central Kentucky today, uh, summer is definitely here. And, of course, with summer comes air show season. I know we're all excited about that. And uh, our guest tonight is someone who, if you've been to an air show in North America over the past few years, I'm guessing you've probably heard his voice. Um, reading from his website, his bio, he has announced at uh, 146 air shows over the past seven years across the country. He's gotten the International Council of Air Shows Sort of Excellence. That's the highest honor an air show professional can receive. And he's also an honorary Blue Angel. That's only one of 48 people who have ever gotten that honor. So uh, Rob Ryder, air show announcer, is with us tonight. Rob, how's it going? It's going great, Sean, and hello to you, Carl, and to Eric, and uh, Victoria, and Rick. It's great uh, great to be part of the Stuck Mike Avcast. This is fun. Doing great, uh, and uh, not not enough air shows for me this season yet, but things are going to continue to get busier <laughs> and busier, so... It's 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 a, an interesting business, and last year, as you probably are aware, sequestration really took its toll on the airshow business because it grounded the Blues and Thunderbirds and Golden Knights and Leapfrogs and all the other demo teams, and uh, 60 airshows canceled last year, mm-hmm. and uh, nine of those were ones that I announced, so um, I had a cruddy season last year, and I'm back up to 75%, so we're back on the grow to putting it back together, and I'm looking forward uh, to... Uh, to a really good season. So good to be with you guys. This is fun. I, for those who are just, uh, who've just got in on it, uh, we had a little pre time before the recording started and, uh, we told lies about all the things that we did, and it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta always make up good ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. 
Um, well, Rob, you've been, uh, I'm looking at your bio here, you've been a pilot since 1982, you've been announcing air shows uh, since 1978. Um, I guess, first of all, what got you into aviation in the first place? Well, my dad soloed after World War II, and so he always liked flying. He never got his private pilot's license because he was colorblind. And uh, But he did solo, and so we always liked uh, airplanes, and he introduced me to Sky King's television show, and I you know, fell in love with that, with the songbird, and, and uh, it's uh, just amazing to, to think of the, the influence that Kirby Grant, uh, the, the actor who played Sky King, had on so many people of my generation, but we, I loved him, and uh, later on uh, in my life got to meet him, but... Uh, the, the aviation thing was always good. Music was uh, learned that music was always uh, around our family too, and music kind of took over for many, many years until 1978 in July, when the show that the TV show that I was working on, the Bob Braun show, that was a live talk variety show, four markets, 90 minutes, Monday through Friday. Uh, on in Cincinnati, Dayton, Columbus, and Indianapolis, uh, the show went to the Dayton Air Fair, which was then three years old in 1978. And wow, yeah, and we and, and I'm watching all these planes fly, go, yeah, this is really cool. And <laughs> I got invited by some of the people working there because I was a ham radio operator to help out with communications. And so as time went on, uh, I got asked to announce the balloons at 6.30 in the morning, the balloon launch. I knew nothing about balloons, but I read a little bit and I could talk. I'd, by that time, I'd been on the air on the show for, gosh, eight years. So being in front of a microphone was no big deal. And being in front of people was no big deal. It was not something that frightened me. So it was it, it, it came very naturally and they... Uh, Eventually, the folks at Dayton hired me uh, as a co local color announcer. Never made a ton of money, but but I got hired, and those are the guys who encouraged me to uh, uh, encouraged me to get involved in the air show business professionally. So, in 1995, I joined the International Council of Air Shows, uh, and in 1999, the president, the new president of that organization, asked me to MC the banquet because he had seen me on a sporties video when he was taking private pilot's license and he said well here's a guy I know who is a known quantity he can read he can handle himself in front of a crowd I want him to announce our closing night banquet and things kind of uh, bloomed from there and so it's <laughs> air shows very have been very very good to me <laughs> It sounds that way, and and so you know, going forward from that that first balloon uh, announcing experience, how did you kind of grow to to be the the? I know your your business is the fifth force, the force that you are in the air show industry today. Well, it, it, I actually just kind of hung out longer and longer into the day, and a guy named Bill Bordelow, who is International Council of Air Shows member number four. And the law, who was the longtime voice of the Dayton Air Show, started giving me a little mic time, and and we became friends. And one day he said, "I got to go to a briefing, do these manufacturers demos." And I go, "Ha!" Ah. And there I was alone on the stand and trying to fake it, and it worked out. And 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 I will tell you that one of those early manufacturers demos that I got to talk about was something called the Bell XV15 Tilt Rotor. Got an idea what that turned out to be? 
I'm guessing an Osprey? Yeah. Osprey. Nice. So I saw the, I got to see this white, small Bell tilt rotor aircraft that was the prototype for what is now, uh, what, what, 300 some Ospreys in the Marine Corps and Air Force Mm. and Navy. So it's, it's pretty cool. Very cool. And, and that's, you know, you talk about cool things that you see in this industry. I mean, you've seen, I, I would say, pretty much everything there is to see in the air show industry. Do you have kind of one experience of being up on an announcer stand and watching something flying and going, I can't believe I'm watching this? You know, one <laughs> sort of coolest experience that you've seen from up there? Well, I, I, I will. There is one that I will talk about because it, even though, uh, it's not been around for a while. There has been a rebirth of that airplane by another pilot, and that was the jet-powered Waco that Jimmy Franklin flew. It had a 450-horsepower Pratt & Whitney R985 on the front, and underneath, uh, uh, a Learjet engine. Uh, I want to say J85 or something like that. Uh, and it would climb like a scalded dog. Well, Jimmy, unfortunately, collided with Bobby Yonkin up in Canada a number of years ago. And in that airplane, they were both killed. And so that concept of that dual power plant airplane uh, has been gone until this season. And uh, now John Clatt of John Clatt Air Shows, who flies for the Air National Guard, has connected up with Jack Link. Uh, Jack Link's uh, beef jerky, and they have the screaming Sasquatch. And one of uh, the other pilots on John's team, Jeff Bourbon, who is a U.S. national aerobatic champion, flies this thing, and it's a rebirth of that airplane. And, and it's just so amazing to see the airplane coming at you and hearing the sound of the 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 propeller, the the, the radial engine, and then as it goes by, all of a sudden you hear this. This straight turbojet screaming at you and then climbs straight up and just goes over 200 miles an hour straight up. And literally, I watched it last weekend or weekend before last, uh, Memorial Day weekend uh, is when it was, uh, at Jones Beach at the, at, the, at the Bethpage New York Air Show. I watched Jeff Bourbon climb straight up, stop the airplane in midair hang it right there on the prop, and then accelerate out of it straight up. It was <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Oh, it was all like, it's, it, it, when, when I first saw Jimmy Franklin fly his jet-powered Waco, I giggled. It was like a cartoon. It was like Looney Tunes, right? <laughs> That's all, folks. And then I saw it again, and I'm laughing. I'm turning to, 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 to Tim Jarvis, who was the announcer for it, and I'm looking and I'm interrupting. I was like, I can't believe this. It was so that's uh, of all the things I've seen, those those two airplanes uh, and the concept of the dual power power plant airplane is something that I've always I, I just I think is just phenomenal. But then I've seen having flown with the Blue Angels on a couple of occasions, watching them do what they do is just as phenomenal, but in a totally different way. For sure, and and then hitting you know you mentioned the Blue Angels. I know um, according to your bio, you're one of the few people who've been named an honorary Blue Angel. So I know you've got this really cool relationship with the uh, the military demo teams. And what's it like to kind of be a, a ingratiated into that community, so to speak? Well, they they've been the the Blue Angels and all the demo teams have been very very gracious to me. 
I don't know how it started, but I always wore a flight suit to uh, to air shows. And somebody, one of the teams gave me a flight suit. And then another team gave me a flight suit. And I have F-15, Strike Eagle demo team flight suit, a couple of Golden Knights flight suits, uh, Raptor demo team flight suit, uh, F-16 West Coast demo team, A-10 flight suit. Uh, when the Red Baron Pizza Squadron was around, I had one of their flight suits. Uh, so and I got about 15 flight suits now. And so it's kind of... It's kind of cool. Now, I don't have a Blue Angels flight suit, but as an honorary, they do let me wear the crest. So I do have a blue suit that matches the color, but it is not an official Blue Angels suit. But I do wear the crest when I'm uh, working with them. Put on my Sunday suit, as they say. But it, <laughs> it, it, it really, uh, Sean, is really uh, uh, pretty amazing to be able to be friends with those men and women who are so good at what they do and who are so dedicated and who serve our country and it's and it's part of my mission as an air show announcer to support the troops and let the people who attend air shows know just what great people all of the men and women of the military are absolutely and and getting to see him up close and personal like that i'm sure gives you know you and and obviously anyone who attends the air show a whole new appreciation for that um you know you mentioned uh you you were at jones beach recently i think you're you've got evansville coming up i mean you see a wide swath of the country uh doing this job what's what's it like to see air shows throughout the country i mean i know you you'll probably see the same people uh here and there but i'm sure you kind of get a little bit of local flavor with each air show as well right Oh yeah, uh, one I, I will be uh, I will be at the farthest northeast air show in the United States at Frenchville, Maine, the second weekend in August, and then that first weekend in October, I will then be down in San Diego at M- Marine Corps Air Station Miramar. So I will see a little bit of everything, but it is it is wonderful just to see the people who come to the shows, uh, who perform at the shows. I should say those those people first of all. Because when I started announcing, and you know, shoot, when Sean Tucker was flying the one eight hundred collect biplane, uh, he was a hero. Well, now he's a friend, and I announced for him at Jones Beach. It so as as another uh, airshow performer, Bob Carlton, who is a jet powered glider pilot from and a former rockets scientist from down in New Mexico, said, "My heroes are now my friends," and I have said. It's the airplanes that got me into the business. It's the people that have kept me in. And over the course of the years, I've also gotten to know not only a lot of most of the performers in our business, but also people who attend air shows regularly around the country and get to know those folks as well. And they have become friends. And you know, I was just on the phone with uh, with a guy from New Jersey who started out was when he was a kid working in a in a grocery store. And he wanted to fly. He was a, a, a total devotee of the F-14 Tomcat and the VF-31 Tomcat Tomcatters at, uh, at uh, Naval Air Station Oceana. And he is now a flight instructor. And he's a double I. And you know, it's, just, it's, it's amazing and an MEI. So it's, it's really cool that, that a guy who just loved air shows is now probably like, you, Carl, and Eric, and Victoria, and, and Sean, and Rick, uh, all you guys, uh, and Lady, 
are just as turned on about aviation as John is, my, my buddy John Davison. So, uh, and, and, and he's just one of a whole lot of fans that I've stayed in touch with. And, and Facebook has been really good for that as well, to, to stay in touch with some fans that way. And and speaking of, of Facebook and traveling across the country, uh, it, you're not just a guy up on the uh, the announcer stand announcing things. You're also actively flying to a lot of these air shows, and you're you know, and you're it's, it's 182, right? Yeah, I, I, it's a 182 that belongs to a friend of mine, and he and I are the only two people that fly it. Mm-hmm. And so it's an airplane that I am accustomed to and know really well and feel very comfortable with in any situ- in any situation. And I know that you guys, you know, fly a lot of different things. Uh, uh, Carl, you were saying you fly, or you're what you're flying Airbuses and an Airbus, also, yeah. and and also uh, you you fly 182 as mm-hmm. well, right? Yeah. And, and uh, so uh, you learn if you're flying enough, you learn the airplanes really well. And I feel like I know this 182 fairly well. But I did fly to Sun and Fun and Punta Gorda, my first two shows of the season. I was going to fly up to Jones Beach, but the weather was just not looking right over that uh, going into Memorial Day weekend. And so my wife and I decided to drive. Uh, turns out, you know, it all dissipated. We could have made it through without any difficulty at all. So. Anyway, didn't fly on that flight, so uh, that's one of those decisions I never regret. Even though, and like, well, if I'd flown, I'd have been in the middle of a thunderstorm. <laughs> I know how yeah. my luck is. Sure. <laughs> or, 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 of course, of course, as somebody said, um, I saw a post uh, on Facebook when somebody decided he wasn't or she wasn't going to fly someplace. Somebody said, "There's no such thing as an emergency takeoff." Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Um, Now, through your experiences getting to know a lot of these air show performers and military demo teams, I know you've gotten some cool experiences, too. You've gotten a couple of uh, demo rides as well, haven't you? Yeah. When I was doing television uh, back in 1980, I got a flight with the Thunderbirds in the backseat. That was before I was a pilot, so I really didn't know what was going on. I understood lift, weight, thrust, drag, pulling Gs, getting sick, Uh, but I didn't really know what was going on as a as a pilot well i got in 2006 in november i got to fly with the blues in the number four jet as part of the practice demo at naval air station pensacola with major matt shortle he who was the slot pilot at the time and (laughs) and i got sick after i got out of the jet and it was it was just phenomenal how close they fly together when i i've got a picture someplace uh, of that I use with a little point and shoot from the back seat of the number four airplane, looking up and the left missile rail on the le- end of the left wing tip of the number two jet, the right wing jet, was past the center line of the canopy. They say eighteen inch wing tip, wing tip to canopy clearance. They're not kidding. They are not kidding. And then in two thousand ten, the year they made me an honorary. Out at uh, winter training in El Centro, I got to ride in the number five jet, and that was absolutely the mo- absolutely the most violent ride I've ever had in my life. Uh, when when the solos do their opposing maneuvers, they pull up, and the lead solo says "Stand by, roll, stand by, roll," and and it looks like oh, there's the airplane, it's doing a three sixty aileron roll. Good. Well, inside the airplane, the stick goes slamming over to the left, and my helmet. St- I hit my helmet no fewer than six times on the canopy. <laughs> it was Bouncing so- off like a basketball. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. 
That's right, Eric. Loving every second of it, though, right? Oh, yeah. And, and I got <laughs> sick in the jet, and I would do it again tomorrow if they said, come yeah. on, let's go. <laughs> Um, now, you know, I know the, the air show thing is, is a huge part of your life, but uh, aviation education is also a big part. Uh, kind of like Eric was saying before we started recording, a lot of people know your voice from, uh, from watching DVDs or, uh, in this case, streaming video online. Talk a little bit about um, you know, the training videos and sporties and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, the, the amazing thing is that after my television career or as, as it just was winding down here in Cincinnati, Sporty's, decided, Sporty's Pilot Shops decided to start a video department. And a gentleman by the name of Lou Sims uh, came up from uh, Tennessee and started asking around people in Cincinnati, I'm looking for a guy who knows how to read, who can do on-air, on-camera stuff, and preferably as a pilot. And a guy in town mentioned my name, and I went out and I did an on-camera audition for Lou standing outside of the old sporties and darned if I didn't get the job. And that was, that was like 27 years ago. And um, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been the most incredibly fun, nice relationship with a bunch of good people. And, Sean, you obviously know that because that's where we met when you were working there. And um, to, to be able to... To say I've helped people learn to fly is pretty cool. I mean, uh, and I will uh, just share one particular story. At the International Council of Air Shows, the ICAST convention one year, Aaron Tippin, the country music singer uh, and star, was there. And he was, since he's a pilot, he got corporate pilot hours and stuff. And he came to perform the stars, Where the Stars and Stripes and the Eagle Fly. And when he came in on the mo Monday morning, I saw him and <clears throat> walked up to him. I said, hi, Aaron, my name's Rob Ryder. I'm the director. I'll be taking care of the camera shots here. He says, I know who you are. I said, we've never met. He said, you taught me how to fly. <laughs> wow. Nice. I said, wow. <laughs> and he watched the learning to, so you want to fly helicopters video. Hmm. So mm -hmm. of all the videos we've done, I, you know, I get people walk up to me at virtually every show in the country. I said, in case, Either can I have your autograph, or you taught me how to fly, or I really appreciate everything you you, you do for the for general aviation, and so it's it is it's really very very important. I think that that we spread the word as best we can uh, because the freedom of flight is one of the most amazing. And, and I'm preaching to the choir here. Probably <laughs> everybody. I mean, all of you you folks here, right in, in our in our gang here know this, but but the freedom to fly is like unlike any other freedom that I've ever experienced. I'll, I'll, this is Rick here. I'll just jump in and do the obligatory but true thing, which is to say, you you know, you helped teach me how to fly. Because I did do I did that. I did all that I I got them not that long ago because I haven't been a pilot that long and I watched all your videos. Thanks for, the, man. for my private. Yeah. And totally I mean it was it was a great way to refresh, you know, to go back through it. You know, it was another way to stay current, you know, like those, you know, rainy weekends, it's, you know, when I couldn't fly. And uh, I loved them. And I, I got into it at a point where streaming was there. So it wasn't, you know, it was totally available on all my devices. I mean, I, I recommend it to everybody. And so, and it's, and it's, and they're great. It's a great product. So it was very comfort, comforting to have those there and watch, watch, you know, watch you and the folks doing the videos go through that stuff. So, so thank you. <laughs> I'll oh. go ahead and say thank you. Yeah. 
you're you're so welcome, and I'll pass the word on to the gang at Sporties. Now, what yeah. are? But Rick, now you, you yeah. you're an airline pilot now. No, no, no. Uh, oh, Carl is the no, no, just a private pilot. So you and I are you and I are real close together here. Do you have an instrument rating yet? No, I don't. So I, but I did. I will say I have already. I I am an owner of the access to the <laughs> to the uh, Sporties catalog for that. But I Good. just I'm, I I am. So that's where I'm starting, but I haven't. It's you know, it's a it's a bit of a struggle to find the time right now. But I'm going to do it. Rick's going to come down and train with us, actually. Yeah, that would be the smart way to do it because I'd get it. You know, I'd really get it done. Yeah, that'd be cool, Eric. I, I, <laughs> really, Rick. It's just. Yeah. And I think probably everybody else in this gaggle of people here right now would say that. Well, I'll I'll go out on a limb. I'd say the instrument rating's the most important rating you can get. That's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you'll be using those skills for the for the rest of your flying career, and it also it, it makes it makes that airplane uh, more of a utility type of aircraft instead of just a just a fun aircraft to fly. Right. I mean, plus, the, plus to sort of, I assume the natural precision that comes from mm-hmm. from what you learn. There is a precision that comes from that 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 is there. You know, doing everything you do, I would imagine. Yeah, and I there's think. nothing that can beat the thrill factor of your first solo. But there is nothing that trumps the cool factor the first time you break out at 200 feet and there's a runway in front of you. <laughs> right. And it's just the cool. You were yeah. flying around for two hours and you saw nothing. And then all right. of a sudden, you're 200 feet off the ground and there's a runway in front of you. It's and it's then, ever. more often than not, it's the runway you want to, want to have. Hopefully, it's the right one. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And, and hopefully, you're on the center line. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I, I get it. And yeah, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. It's, it'll be it'll be more than fun for you. Just the idea of I feel so comfortable in the clouds. Uh, it's just it. There's just. I mean, I shoot. I only got about twelve hundred hours, twelve hundred twenty-five hours, something like that. Not like a lot of other people because when I was raising a family, I didn't have a lot of money to fly, right. and I still don't have a ton of money to fly. So I don't fly as much as I should or yeah. wish I could. But I stay current, and it's and hey. it's helpful. Sorry, so, I accidentally muted there. No, uh, speaking of um, earlier, you were talking about the sequence of events, which was clearly that you got involved in aviation well before you were flying. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. and so what? How, you know, what finally got you to the point where you went? Well, you know, you had the you had the wherewithal, you had the time, you had the money, and you finally had the you know the gumption or whatever to go ahead and go for it. What What was that like, or when? How did that come about? Well. Uh, one of my best, well, I would say my best friend in the world, a guy named Jim Fiorito from here in Cincinnati, uh, came to, I met him when I was doing television. He was a folk singer guitarist and I was a guitarist and he came down when he was in high school and introduced himself to me when I was at the show. I was in my 20s and so we became fast friends have remained so and he started learning to fly and and he said, I want to teach you how to fly. So I'm not going to fly with you. Well, that went away after a while because in 1980, when I got that Thunderbirds ride, the bug bit. Uh-huh. Right. And it was at that point I said, Jim, let's go do it. And Jim really taught me a lot about flying. And mm. he's not an instructor, but he does know how to instruct. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. There are people and, who could do that. Yeah. And so when I, when I, started, my, when I started my training with Margot Brooks, uh, out of Blue Ash, Cincinnati Blue Ash, she soloed me in four and a half hours, and I got my private in 43 and a half hours. 
This is a lady wow. who was not wow. about wow. to to. She didn't try to run the run the meter <laughs> up, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. Right. An awesome flight instructor, but Jim taught me so much going in that I had a pretty, I, I, I guess I was a pretty decent stick by the time I started my instruction. But hmm. it, that's how the bug bit. It was that flight with the Thunderbirds. I said to my wife at the time, I said, I said sweetheart, I, I just, I got to learn how to fly. This is so incredible. Yes. You yes. know, I, I always thought about it, but never had the gumption to do it. So right. that's cool. how it started. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, Rob, uh, you, you, oh, sorry, actually, ahead, you fly to these air shows, and, I, and, and I'm listening to you talk about getting to these air shows, and, and obviously you love to fly, and, and this is something that, that you enjoy while you're on your way to work, which is awesome. But, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. sitting here thinking, you know, do you ever, I know there's other people listening right now that use their airplane uh, for utility to get them from point A to point B. Uh, I, now I'm going to be thinking about, every time I go to an air show, is Rob Ryder going to show up? Is he going to make it here? Because the weather is bad. Is, you know, do you ever, have you ever missed a show? And, and do you ever have those feelings? Do you ever get nervous about it? Like, oh, gosh, should I go? Should I not go? Or, or do you have that system figured out already? Well, I, <clears throat> I actually do have this system figured out. And, that, and talking about, I'll just go back to Memorial Day weekend for the Jones Beach show. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, my wife and I wanted to fly. The airplane was all set. I talked to the owner, Phil. I said, Phil, here's what we're going to do. He says, cool. And our decision, our go, no-go decision, was not on the day I had to arrive, but on Wednesday. Usually, my travel day to an air show is Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I'll fly commercial, and we'll get there. But this, in this case, it was Wednesday. And we mm -hmm. packed the car. And by 11 o'clock in the morning, if we did not, I, we could either get in the car and drive to Claremont County Airport, where Sporties is, where we keep the airplane, or get on Interstate 71 and head to Columbus and take 70 east and get on the turnpike and go to New York. Mm -hmm. And in our case, as I sat there in the morning and looked at it, I'm looking at this line of showers in between where I was and where I wanted to be, I'm thinking... Ah man, <laughs> it just it's just not worth the chance. Wednesday we're leaving. Because <laughs> Thursday was not looking good in New York. It was fine on Wednesday, but not looking good in New York, even though <laughs> it was good for us in, in Ohio. So uh, yeah, all of those plans are uh are part of part of the you gotta you gotta pre flight properly. And that includes getting your head on straight as to whether you're going to poke your nose into something or not. Right. Yeah. No, and it sounds. Back. Yeah, I mean, I was, that sounds great to hear because I, you know, I've talked about it on the show before. Sometimes I feel too conservative about decisions I've made, but I'm, I never regret them totally. But I do have that moment, like you did earlier. You said, "Oh man, it turned out to be fine." Yeah. But um, but uh, but you know, it, it's still the right. It's still the right decision because it's the decision you made, and you're right. There's no. You don't have to take off. Yeah, and when we came back, and I see, I flew down to Punta Gorda, and then flew from Punta Gorda back up to Lakeland for for Sun and Fun, and then uh, my wife ended up coming down for the last two days of Sun and Fun, and then we were going to fly back on Monday after Sun and Fun. Well, guess what? There is just a line of crud, just awful. We spent two extra days in Florida, went home, 
because there was no way that I was going to get a 182 through all that crap. And I wasn't going to try, even with a Stratus and an iPad and four flight, was I going to try to stick my nose into something that could tear that airplane apart. Well, that's a smart decision. It keeps you alive, and that's a great example of what you shouldn't do with an airplane. And, uh, you, you know, keeping it safe, Rob, is, is something you've obviously been able to do for, for such a long time. And uh, See, you're even teaching people now, not just through the videos. That's awesome, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Carl. I just, it just, I, I, and I don't, want, that's, I don't mean to brag by any of this, because the last thing I want to do is become a statistic. Right, right. Uh, it's bad for me, bad for anybody in the airplane with me, and bad for my family if something happens to me. And it's certainly, certainly bad for sporties. Oh, sure. It's quite a responsibility. Yeah, it is. And, you know, that, that's something that one of my biggest fears is if I have an accident or incident is uh, I hope I don't do anything stupid because there's so many people watching me. I have so many students that have, have watched me in the past. And you know, for instance, when I'm entering the pattern, do I enter on a 45 or I go straight in? What do I do? And if I have a student watching me, uh, you know, I, have to, I perform it the way the aim tells me to, you know. And, and those are, you don't realize uh, how important it is for you to set that example, and, you know, because there is a lot of integrity in this industry, and, and, and you bring that forth, and that, that's great. But, you know, Rob, you talked about your wife um, and, and flying. Does she, and let's get a little more personal. Does she like to fly, and, and uh, does she love coming along on these trips, or, or did you have to kind of drag her into this industry? Well, uh, first of all, I'll just share with you that uh, my first wife passed away in 2007, oh, and uh, she, she didn't really like to fly with me until where I was flying got a Katana and a DA-20, and she loved, Gail loved that airplane. She loved going flying in that. And so that was that was very cool, uh, because the visibility was so good. It was just fun. And then when I started flying Phil Schmidt's 182, the the solid feel of that six cylinder Continental engine uh, was something. She said, "Oh, that's so smooth." So she really enjoyed flying in that airplane. Now I remarried about two and a half years ago, and my wife Jill. Uh, is she's just enjoying flying. And we went up to Chicago on Sunday to visit my daughter for my granddaughter's sixth birthday. And we jumped in the plane, went up VFR, and Jill had said to me that she had not told anybody except her parents, but when she, went, when she graduated from high school, she told her parents she wanted to join the Air Force and they wouldn't let her. She said, I've not told anybody this. I'd really love to learn to fly. So I got the second iPad out. She's working. The, I'm having her change radio frequencies on the flight. She's looking at the charts, figuring out where she is. I'm showing her the legend here. That's a tower. This is that. And she got all excited. And so she's flown with me before, but the, she, it was just in the last, last month that she said that she'd like to learn to fly. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So she's she's loving it, and she's very happy to be in the airplane uh, flying at 125 knots and going from point A to point B. And even if there's not a flight attendant there to bring you peanuts, pretzels, and a Diet Coke and a glass of ice, it's fun. 
<laughs> it, it's so, it's, you know, we take our snacks with us and, and you know, there's no place to go to the bathroom unless you stop. So that's another story, but that's you know, whatever. Oh, well, then that's you get sequel if- FBO. <laughs> Back to you flying to and from air shows, I have a quick question. Um, I know you can get stopped by weather and mechanical problems with airplanes, but I guess your voice is your asset. What happens if you're sick? That I... uh I don't allow myself to be sick. I have... (laughs) Well, (laughs) I have tried to be very, very careful about that. And I'm I'm not exactly sure... um, I have, before the technology that I carry with me was was easily and readily available, um, before that all was easy, uh, before I had that, I would, I could, I would sometimes lose my voice. And, um, and I just, it got to the point where when I would get excited and try to talk loudly and get, you know, get cranked up about what I was doing, uh, I would lose my voice because the guy running the PA would turn the mic down. And then when I would talk in a normal voice, I couldn't hear myself, so I'd shout some more. So now I carry two cases, one of which has stuff. The other has an audio mixer. My, I have a Sennheiser broadcast headset like the sports guys wear. I've got uh, an iPad with all my music on it that I need for the show. And I have another box there that takes care of that problem. So the, so if I really get on it and start to yell, I can hear myself in my earphones. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't overload the PA system. And when I come back down, I can still hear myself well. So it's all... All really nice that way. So my voice yeah. is in better shape. But sometimes you get a cold. You got to really nurse yourself, nur- nurse your way through a show. But uh. how do you, so? How do you? I mean, so that that's fascinating, and then it reminds makes me realize. Okay, you're going to all these shows. What's the prep like for each show? Yeah, I'm it, sure it's different, but but in general, you must ahead of time. It, be yeah, doing in, something. yeah. In general, uh, I have Wednesday as my prep day, and I will. Uh, sometimes prior to that, well, I will always look prior to that Wednesday even to see who's on the show. And if there's somebody on the lineup for, as a performer that I don't know, Mm -hmm. uh, I'll email or call or somehow get in touch with that person and say, Hey, do you have your own announcer? If you do great. If you don't, please send me script bio sequence the whole anything you have sponsors and even if you do have your own announcer i'd love to get that information just in case somebody doesn't show up which has happened and then i've got in my here in my office i've got a big closet and up on the top rack are three four inch binders (laughs) a through gosh l m through whatever whatever it is i did three of them to cover the whole alphabet and over the years, they've gotten very full. Hmm. And so if, if I'm going to be working with oh, whoever it happens to be, chances are I've got their script or can right. get it. Right. And then I put together a show book and a much smaller binder of just the stuff that I need. Now, in recent years and really have gotten very heavy into it this year, I'm carrying two iPads with me to every show, one of which I have a little program that 
gives me the ability to play music at a touch. Any mm-hmm. cut I want on it that I can set up on a playlist mm-hmm. and play that music. The other has saved me 18 pounds worth of paper because that iPad <laughs> has on it. Now I'm reading my scripts for my performers off the iPad in broad daylight. Something nice. I've wanted to do forever. And so Jones Beach, I had all but one act of the show <clears throat> totally wow. on the iPad. Wow. So nice. uh, and a and a chart and chargers for them both throughout the show. <laughs> wow. You can't forget that part. <laughs> no, well it's you know now when it all goes to hell in a handbasket, then I have to do to to rely on my memory. But but say they they've got uh, like the at, at Jones Beach, the American Air Power Museum was there, and they've got <clears throat> a B twenty five that's called Mishap, and they've got a Corsair, and they got a, a P forty, and they've got some T sixes. I also have generic information that I have on that iPad that I drag into Goodreader. That's the particular. Uh, app that I use to read my scripts and I set up a playlist for Jones Beach every air show has its own playlist for for my scripts and I just hit documents in the upper left hand corner see who it is and touch it and there it's up on the screen and I can do it and and now because of the technology that's changed so much so that we've got uh, I can use my iPhone as a hotspot if I need to download something I'll use I don't have uh, Wi-Fi. I just got Wi-Fi iPads. Then I just download uh, what I need from my email or the internet if there's anything else I need mm. uh, using my iPhone as a hotspot. So nice. personal hotspot. So it's. I love the technology. I love the airplanes. I love the crowds. <laughs> I love the performers, <laughs> and I love my job. There's never been a better time to have your job, I would think. Yeah. Well, I last year I wouldn't have given you a yeah, plug nickel true. for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there you go. Illustration. So, <laughs> uh, and and you know I'm still a little catch up mode, and because uh, not not every air show that I did last year or have done in the past has come back. Uh, mm-hmm. So sequestration has killed some shows, not just knocked them out for a year. So that's all right. But we're, yeah, I still love my job. Wow. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be 66 years old. Wow. Well, actually, this, 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 uh, we're airing what, what on this, Carl? The this is the 15th of June. Mm-hmm. I just turned 66 yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> happy happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. That's awesome. So, uh, I, I am just, it's amazing what, at 66 years old, I'm just having the time of my life. <laughs> you know, I got a recording studio here. The folks at Sporties and other clients send me scripts. And Sporties, they don't even come over anymore. They used to come over and and direct me through the reads for the for the stuff, the scripts that I would do. Sean, you know this, that, that the scripts are now emailed to me. Mm-hmm. Now I don't even print them out. I read them on my iPad. I go into the studio. I have a secondary screen. Read them in my studio, come back to my uh, control room here where I'm sitting this evening and are uh, sitting now. And, and then I edit and then I email or, or then I, then I Dropbox the, uh, the files back to sporties and they work on them. They don't, we don't even, we talk a lot, but we, I don't see the guys at sporties as much as most voiceover guys see, you know, see their clients. Technology is mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. It's well, I, had a, I had a question for you, Rob, actually, before we get too far away from actually doing the announcing. 
Um, and obviously, I haven't been to all 146 of your air shows, but uh-huh. I've been to several of them. And, and like I said, when we first came on, I, I would know your voice in a crowd. Um, but I, one of the things that I've always wondered uh, from the announcer's perspective how do you deal with it when the performance doesn't line up with your script? When there's a delay, the performer does something you weren't expecting. How do you do that where you have to you know, react on the spot? You've got a bunch of people listening to you trying to figure out what's going on, and you don't know what's going on either. Well, in, in some cases, I've been real honest and, said, and say, well, this is not what I expected to see, but let's check. Let, and then I just start to follow the performer. And more and more, I can see... Uh, maneuvers developing, and so I'll know what they are at least when they're partway through them. Okay. Uh, it's uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who does something that sometimes goes out of order, and 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 that will occasionally happen if if clouds are a factor. Performer has to go to a lower show. What I think the thing that would scare me most is that if a performer just decides to ad lib. Right. And 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 that is not a good thing cuz I've watched a couple of performers do that and get in some serious trouble. Uh I've watched one guy almost almost kill himself because he was ad libbing in a lower ceiling that he normally flew and uh the guy got a uh, other guys saw it too and they they gave him a pretty significant reprimand they you know they gave him a talking to him. he says you can't do that right. and it's and and there are guys who um guys who will who will accept that criticism and some guys who don't and uh you just hope that they don't get in that situation again that they they may not have liked what what one of us has said to him or her but um, maybe they'll just still take it to heart. I've seen too many friends die to uh, uh, to not say something if I see something that doesn't look right. Sure, and that's why I won't fly in a small airplane with Carl. Um, so, <laughs> I, I, you Thanks, know, now, now the world understands because Rob Ryder has confirmed my opinion. Thank no, no, you, Rob. I did not years say that. of validation in that I one did not statement. say that. Well, well my floor is at 10,000, so don't worry, Eric. I'm sure you get out of anything I do above 10,000. Probably <laughs> need so. time to recover. Probably so. <laughs> you know, Rob, it's amazing that what you were just saying with people going off script. I, I just realized something, though. How do you, where's your crew? Who's your, who do you bring to the show to help you do all this? Uh, I have no roadies. <laughs> you're you're it. You are. I mean, you do. I hear you talking about your script, uh, your music. You're putting all this together. Are you doing all this while you're announcing? Yes. And, and uh, it's by yourself. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and and it's just something. And I, plus, crazy. I have I use I set up the radios for the air to ground systems too. It makes me more valuable to a show. Sure. Uh, and especially <laughs> to yeah, there there are a couple of sound people that I work with who are quite good at what they do and. In the case of one of them, I don't bring all my stuff out. I don't have to. Uh, but I, I, well, except that I'm even sometimes doing that now because it's, as I'm announcing, it's really easier for me to go live to the cockpit and control it myself because I've got the stuff. However, this one guy 
who is always in the game, who I always who has eyes on me and has a rig set up so I've got a talkback switch so he can talk into my ear. I can talk to him even if I'm not on the PA system. Um, he's from Atlanta. His name is Jay Rabbit, and uh, and Jay uh, Jay really has it wired. Uh, with respect to the production aspect of the air shows. Uh, so anyway, I like to run it myself because I'm quick, as quick at it. I don't have to shout at anybody to say, play the music. It's all, I just got it. I just take care of, of, of having all that music with me. And so it's, I set it up. My, my stuff goes in a couple of tents. Um, I wish I had pictures to, to direct people to it, but I've got a couple of little teeny tents for uh, the equipment. And my mixer goes in one to keep the sun off it. My music iPod, iPad, I should say, goes in the other smaller tent to keep the sun off it. And then I just have the other iPad that has a cover over it. I'd throw a towel over it to keep it from overheating. And I just have fun. I've gotten good at it. It's kind of like being a DJ, I think, because a, a lot of DJs will do combo operations. They'll run their own boards. And that's kind of the way, the way I did it in college. And so I like running my own audio gear. Well, that's awesome. That takes some talent and, I, and a lot of practice, and obviously you've, you've had quite a bit of that. Um, and Repetition is the mother of skill. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and that'd be cool if you could send us some of those pictures. We'll put them up uh, on, on the blog post here uh, for episode 74. But, uh, you know, I, I'd love to see your, your whole – you know, you were just giving me a tour prior to this just to let folks know of, of your studio. Absolutely amazing. Uh, to be able to uh, to step into your office, and uh, it's only steps away from where you live. I think that that's a wonderful way to be. One one of the reasons I think you probably love your job too. Uh, yeah, without a doubt, uh, with, <laughs> that's true, Carl. The the, uh, the I uh, there are days I, you know I'll come down here in the morning and uh, before Jill gets up and I'll be doing some stuff here in the office and then uh, we'll go upstairs have coffee and I'll still be in my pajamas and I'll be down here sometimes till 11 or 12 o'clock before I have to get up and get going and, and exercise and do the whole do the whole stuff but going to work and not having to get dressed up is pretty nice actually <laughs> and uh, you know I see why you know I noticed on on people can't see this it says I love my job on your Skype idea it's 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 wonderful to be around people in aviation because it seems that not not just yourself and you you know you're a great example of that people are so darn passionate about this and and why wouldn't they be i mean we're taking something and we're putting it up in the air and we're flying it through the air yeah. we're sitting there in the sky it's just amazing it's wonderful to see it's mm-hmm. and it's wonderful to see other people that are just just so talented and and can perform in front of us just like just like watching a, a ballerina in these air shows to me are are like when i go see the ballet or i see the nutcracker or something I, I sit there in awe thinking how in the world do they do that and it's just so wonderful to see these these wonderful talented folks that are incredibly passionate about what they do because they wouldn't get to where they are without being that passionate yeah i i think i i don't know whether this is true in other businesses but I've not seen it in other businesses where uh, the camaraderie and the friendships and the passion runs as high as it does in the aviation and particularly the air show business. It's just phenomenal what people, uh, the length to which people will go to uh, to be around air show pilots. Uh, we're, I mean, they're... 
they're so freaking talented <laughs> to do what they do. And 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 part of my job as an announcer is to try to commu- let the people who are viewing understand a little bit about just how good these guys and ladies are who fly these highly maneuverable things like Edge 540s and MX, MXXs and MXSs and, uh, and, and things like that. It's just scary good. It's just scary good what they do. Sean Tucker uh, you know, has had one announcer for him. Uh, Brian Norris has been with him 25 years and Brian just retired last year and uh, this past at, at Jones Beach was the first time I ever got to announce for Sean Tucker. Wow, what a privilege. But look, it's scary what he does. Yeah. Not scary, it's phenomenal what he does. Same thing with, with some of the other great performers who are out there. You know, Michael Goulian's another one of those guys. Pretty much wrote the book on advanced aerobatics. Uh, I mean, literally, one of the co-authors of the book on advanced aerobatics. And he's one of the Red Bull Air Racers, and he's what a good friend. And, and, and I watch his performances, and they are so consistent. He is so crisp. He is so solid. He is such a good businessman and such a good guy that how can you not like somebody like that? Amen. Very cool. And, and Rob, I got one more question for you before we wrap up. Uh, you know, we're talking about you know the passion that you see in all the the people in the air show industry, and you know we've been hearing over the past few years about declining pilot population. I think you're in kind of an interesting and unique position to see the people who maybe don't know a lot about aviation, but they just know there's an air show at their local airport. How do you you know when you see people come and you you see that spark in them? How do you grab them and and you think pull them into this community and and get more pilots starting out here? Well. If I have an opportunity and it and it works out to to do it, I'll actually tell people to check sporties dot com. Uh, so, uh, sporties is in my estimation, and I'm totally biased, but I think their training their training video series that they have for private and sport and recreational and instrument ratings and helicopters and all the others, even so, you want to fly seaplanes, things like that, are, are just such high quality productions and they're constantly updating them so that so that when technology changes when equipment changes when rules change and when uh the ability to produce things like going high def now we're doing everything in high def when those things change sporties has decided to keep up like like you were saying, uh, Rick, when you 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 can watch them on your iPad and on or on your computer uh, yeah. to stream those courses, that's, I mean, that's that's nobody else is doing that like no. that. and that's I mean that's just brilliant and it's smart and it's essential. I wouldn't want to invest in anything else that I couldn't watch wherever. You know, any little moment of time on any device wherever I am, I want to watch a little bit. And you know, when you're in that crunching the the, the stuff into your head mode, you know, and uh, yeah, it's 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 just the right way to be. It's very forward thinking, you know. So besides, and the videos are great. <laughs> yeah, so. Hal Shevers, you know, has yeah. has been a good friend for for a long, long time, and I, uh, I we've talked a number of times, and I say how incredible it is that I've had over twenty five years of association with Sporty's Pilot Shops, and we've done it on a handshake. And he knows I'm not going to do anything stupid, and I know I'm going to be treated fairly by them. And Brett Kobe, who runs the video department, what a good dude! You know, he's he's my flight instructor now, and um, and when we get an opportunity, I'm teaching him a little bit more about playing guitar. So that's kind of fun. So, 
Uh, it's just they're good people, and I just love being part of this this whole flying thing, uh, and and to be able to to be doing this uh, as a Medicare baby is even more fun. So I'm, you know, after turning sixty five last June, I'd love to be able to do this till I'm seventy, and then I'll say sayonara and uh, let let the younger people do it. But until until that time, I just want to have just all the fun I can in the world doing all this kind of stuff. And and I'm not, and I know Victoria, you and Carl, geez, Eric, Sean, Rick, all you guys are just, just as passionate about it as I am. I've just got a little different viewpoint. <laughs> well, sure. you, well, uh, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Carl. No, go ahead, Sean. I was going to close after your last question there. Oh no, that was it. I was I was going to say thanks, Rob, so much for coming on. And like I say, full disclosure, I used to work over there, and I I can't say enough good words about the uh, the guys over there, Hal and Brett, and all of them. Um, Eric Radke and John and Zimmerman Eric. and Paul yep. Jurgens and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm good leaving bunch. names out, but I oh, <laughs> oh, and of course Michael Wolf, who's now president, oh yeah, so oh yeah. But thank you again for coming on so much, and I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, at least hearing you over the next few weeks. I'll be up there at Dayton. Awesome, and Blue Angels will be at Dayton, and uh, and looks I look forward to seeing a lot of people, and and uh, hope uh, get a lot of people to tune into the uh, Stuck Mike Avcast. This is fun to be with you guys. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> thank you, Eric. Thank you, Sean and Victoria and Rick. Well, again, thank you, Robin. We we love having somebody on here who's so passionate about aviation, and and there are so many folks out there. You know, one of the things that that we love to do is go to air shows and. Yeah, we love to see those performers, and they really make uh, our hearts pound. But you know what, Rob? You you really what you do is you take that performance and you tie it together. You 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 put the the bow on the box that is a Christmas present, and that's called the air show. And that's that's what I love about Rob. And I think you know, Rob, we really appreciate you coming here today. Thanks. Well, uh, you know what? It, you know, we a lot of people think we're in the aviation business. We're not. We're in show business, amen. and we do a show on. Uh, some people say we practice on Fridays. No, we rehearse, uh, and that's because show people do rehearse until they get it right and we rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and and have a lot of fun but it is show business and that's kind of where my background is even more so than aviation so i think that gives me uh, a little bit of a different perspective on how uh how we uh make things work uh, at an air show and i it's my it is my pleasure it's my honor it's my privilege it's my passion and i just have a shit hot good time <laughs> well said. And boy, you know, Rob, if, if you don't mind, I'm sure a lot of folks are going to have questions that are listening right now. And, you know, if they, they send a question, do you mind if I send it along to you? We'll, we'll just read the answer here online if you don't sure, mind. Sure. Love Terrific. to do it. Yeah. You betcha. Uh, I tell you, I, I have a, we could go on for hours and talk air shows. And you know, I'm stoked right now to go out and fly just talking to you. And, and that passion comes through. Uh, and, and with everybody here, I mean, everybody at this podcast and, you know, with Eric and, and Rick and Victoria and Sean, we, we we all are so passionate about aviation in our own way, and uh, when we all look skyward, we look at we look at the same sky, but we look at it differently. But we all look at it with passion, and I think that's one of the things we we love to bring forward here at the Stuck Mike Avcast is just the fact we love to fly and we live to fly, and you know a lot of it is is about learning to fly, and and that's where where I think that that if you're listening right now, you should go out and 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 go take a look at Rob's. Uh, was it Rob uh, com his website and we'll have links to that uh, because yeah or Rob announcer, uh, Rob announcer. facebook.com facebook.com forward slash I think it's Rob announcer 
great. And we'll we'll have links to like. that. Yeah, great. Yeah, we'll definitely give you a like. Well, I appreciate that from Sean Moody and uh, Eric Crump and Rick Felty, Victoria Newell, and of course Rob Ryder. And I'm Carl Valeri. Uh, if if you get a chance, please go out to the website. This is going to be a stuckmikeafcast.com/slash seventy four. If you like this podcast, then. Do me a favor. Take a look at all our sponsors here. And, of course, this episode was brought to you by Aviation Universe. AviationUniverse.us. It's the, one of the best places to buy your, your aviation products. Well, folks, safe flying, and we will talk to you next episode. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.